Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome into another episode of the penny bloom podcast it is i colton robertson and today i am joined by joseph george what's up homie what up what up always a pleasure to be here oh and it is always a pleasure to have you today the 52 year journey through film continues as you know but some new listeners might not the 52 year journey through film has been quite the project we are now well well over halfway through and uh not all we're all the way up to a decade ago. Uh, we started back in 1970. And once a week, every week, we've covered a movie from each uh, succeeding year. seven All the way through the 70s, all the way through the 80s, all the way through the 90s, including a perfect week, seven days, mm. seven pods for the 90s in the year 1994. Tons of good movies from that year. All the way through the aughts, and here we are in the 10s. We've covered Inception. We've covered Rise of the Planet of the Apes, and now it's 2012, and we're covering Django Unchained. Hmm. Now, uh, confession, I had never watched this movie. Wow. Uh, it's one that I've always heard, you gotta see this. You have to see this. And there's always been something about it that made me go, but I won't. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I come come out the other side of this movie. Uh, you know, I like a Tarantino. I like Tarantino style. He's got a lot of a lot of interesting quirks uh, and it shines through in this movie. But. I'm not left. Uh, I'm not left floored the way I thought I might be. Uh, from what mm. I've heard of Django Unchained, uh, it was solid. But here we are. How are you feeling about it, Joe? Well, I was. Uh, I guess the easiest comparison to make is his other other Tarantino movies that that we've covered, even uh, Pulp Fiction and, and Kill Bill, Volume One and Two. And I think I, I enjoy this more than Pulp Fiction. Uh, I just I, Pulp Fiction I just too. really didn't hit i it just never quite hit fully uh Django, like I, yeah that's a that's a really good way to put it pulp fiction didn't quite hit there is a stretch in this movie yeah. that does hit like i love yeah. the ending of this movie uh, it's yeah. really really solid uh but uh it wasn't kill bill um and before i watched this um i thought that this would be my favorite Tarantino movie that we've covered so far. Um, and after watching, I there's no way I could put it above either of the Kill Bills. I think. Yeah, um, I don't think I could either. I think uh, I think it's really, really. Uh, well, you know what? Let's lay the groundwork for the people before I before I dive too deeply into this. We got <laughs> Django Unchained release Christmas Day 2012. Mm. 
uh, written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, starring Jamie Foxx. Uh, you know, I a lot of people I trust have this as their favorite Tarantino movie. A lot of people whose opinions I trust, they say this is their favorite Tarantino movie. And like, in in essence, yes, the the the, the very premise is the most appealing of any Tarantino movie. Uh, freed slave turned bounty hunter killing slave owners sounds baller fuck yeah i'm in you know like that's that's a that's a grand premise but we don't we don't really get there mm. until the last 45 minutes it's a lot of it's a lot of scenes that are really really hard to watch and i don't think uh i don't think tarantino was act- exactly going for palatable you know it i mean like movies about slavery are hard to watch that's just it they just are you know Mm. like uh uh there are just so many moments in this movie where i'm like seething like i am mad at what i'm watching uh it's to the point where i'm like like i thought about texting you multiple times last night like uh i might not be able to finish this movie like i might like i like i i was like breathing heavy and like getting getting overwhelmed i'm like i might have an anxiety attack because mm. of this movie and uh and it is a long one at that it's, too yeah, it's yeah. not like it's 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 you just got to get through like an hour and a half no you got you got to sit there for two hours and 45 minutes no you got to sit there uh, for two hours going through absolute fucking hell get like a 10 to 15 minute stretch where shit is popping off in a good way. Mm. Then you get another about seven to eight minutes that are incredibly difficult to watch. And then we bring it on home and it's okay. But, uh, like, uh, you get a good 22 to 25 enjoyable minutes in this movie. Uh, for me, you know, uh, Mm. I think, uh, Tarantino's got this thing and he did it. He did it in Pulp Fiction. He did it in Kill Bill where, he will put forth the worst, most gruesome, disgusting, vile things a human being can do to another human and be like, don't worry. The hero's going to murder them brutally in a second. He does it in everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did it with he did it with uh, with Beatrix Kiddo. You know, she's laying in the hospital bed and the dudes are talking over her like, uh, you pay me the right amount of money. I'll let you do whatever you want to her. Da, 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 da. She wakes up, murders both their asses. You know, like it was implied mm. that these dudes have sexually assaulted her on multiple occasions. Uh, like some some terrible, vile, disgusting shit. She gets to murder them in a second, though. It's okay. Butch in Pulp Fiction, Bruce Willis's character, gets sexually assaulted in by by those dudes in the in the uh, sex den that is sex slavery den, and then he gets to murder them. And like, a, and like, so I, at some point it feels less like getting the hero to like a, like a joyous moment where the hero destroys the evil and more like a, like I needed an excuse to do the evil on screen. Mm. And I knew I could if he got brutally murdered the next scene. Uh, yeah, I guess this is the one the one movie where I guess it would make more sense than Kill Bill or Pulp Fiction. Because people back then, like at this time, were closer to like that. 
Oh yeah, you know, no, I guess like, that's I the guess thing like, is that like it yeah. it makes one hundred percent context, one hundred percent sense in this context. I think like this is the best mm-hmm. example of it because the whole movie is that. I guess like what's the balance between you know if you're gonna make a movie that deals with slavery in it, do you, you don't want to glorify it and make it seem that it was easy or nothing but at the same time you don't want to go too far and seem that you're like fetishizing yeah exactly yeah i was yeah um and like what's the balance there you know like um well it was just that like uh there are things you can do in a movie to let us know mm. this is happening scenes dragged on yeah like we can get a couple seconds and i get the i get the gist you know like this is terrible mm. you let you let these two men beat each other to death for seven minutes that's uh that's fair. you show you yeah. show me a white man wh- whipping a black woman for five minutes i dog i yeah that that hurts that like i i I get that it's supposed to be uncomfortable. I get that it's supposed to be like, yeah, this was real. This happened. Think about that. Uh, and and in that regard, it's 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 certainly well done. I just mm. don't know if it's uh, it's just not enjoyable. You know, like that's 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 the thing is that like uh, the we talk about for our enjoyment rating how much a movie resonates with us. And, you know, there are parts of this movie that like, uh, like, it's like, how much did you emotionally connect with it? And like, I emotionally connect with uh, every slave in this movie. It makes me very, very, they like, there's so many parts of this movie that are not supposed to be sad. But like, I, I'm like, oh, my God, this is devastating. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing happening on screen that is inherently sad, per se. But it's just the very idea. Like, I. Like, I'm just like, oh, my God, this is fucking devastating. Uh, but it's also not what they were going for at, at all times. It was it was just a, a general empathy and uh, disgust with the ways of this time that made me feel that way. It wasn't just uh, it wasn't because it was like, oh, Tarantino's really shedding sh- like bringing me to tears here with this no in fact he did the opposite on most occasions uh it, and it's not the point of the movie to move me to tears you know like I, it really isn't you know we get that whole scene where they're they write the fucking what i'm assuming is the precursor to the kkk uh writing up <laughs> on writing up in their masks and they all they all have that meeting for like and this is another example of like these scenes are why the movie is two hours and 45 minutes and not two hours and 22 minutes. Like we can, we can cut some of this down. And this one, like it was a funny fucking joke where he was like, uh, all right, we're going to ride in there. And he's like, I can't see shit out of these things. What? Uh, so like, and like, it's for a couple seconds, Yeah, but he just like, that was another like five to six minute scene of nothing but that joke going yeah like i don't know maybe like tarantino was like oh i actually stumbled on something a little funny let me stretch it out for a good seven minutes because i'm so proud of it you know i don't know like um it it, like the style is super weird uh you know it uh, like the quick cuts 
you know, like zoom oh in yes, that's on, exactly like, what I fucking I do like love that, that though. Like um, whenever someone were, like, like yeah. turns and they like, like zoom in on his face real hard and he's yeah. like, like it's like really dramatized and it's very uh I don't know it may, that like those parts make it somewhat enjoyable, you know, like when those parts come up. Um, but yeah, then like you're thrown right back. I in. have little to no beef with this movie. Like it is, yeah. it is very well done. It's just like critically, I have no doubts this is a good movie. You know, like it, it is. It's very, it's very this, well this done. Matter. Like I, 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 I'm just gonna have a hard time mm. liking what you're putting forth. Uh, and uh, it's, it's, it's like uh, it's no beef. It's just that like that shit is hard to watch. You know, that shit is just hard to watch. And, uh, but come the end of this movie, you know, the one thing I do like about this movie is they toe the line of the, of the white savior complex. Like we had with, uh, avatar a few weeks, a few weeks back for the Oh nine movie, uh, without fully diving over it. Uh, you know, Christopher Waltz's character, the one who who buys him and frees him, he's Django Freeman from that point on. Uh, like he was, he was an extreme aid to the cause, mm. but he wasn't the reason it succeeded. You know, like uh, if that last hour is him going on a rampage, then it's like, oh, oh no. Mm. <laughs> uh, and it it was close to that. It was close to that on a couple occasions, you know, where it was like, all right, we're still getting a little, yeah, still getting a little close there. But the fact that it is Jamie Foxx's Django that gets to go ahead and take that revenge is mad satisfying. Okay. Uh, he got he got a kill DiCaprio. You know, he got his, you know, his fix. He got what he needed. Oh, and I loved the way he was just like, like those those like. Five minutes before that, he is just mm. like seething, thinking about like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna yeah. do it. It'll be the end of me, but I'm gonna do it. Yeah. You want me to shake your hand? Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, come on. The deal's not done until you shake my hand. You want me <laughs> to shake your hand? Mm. Yeah. And what was that one? And uh, something like, uh, I think that you are. And he's like, I don't. Know. He just kept hitting him back. Like, I mean, the comp like. Dude was not having it. it. It took until him saying, like, all right, I'm going to shoot Broomhilda here if you don't shake my hand. And then he's like, you know what? Okay, now I can kill you. Um, <laughs> and it was the good old fucking Travis Bickle Dude, taxi yes. driver gun. It keeps coming back, man. It keeps coming back. It's they set insane. a fucking precedent with that, huh? Um, cr- crazy. Uh, for the awards for this movie, Chris or uh, Christoph Watts. Is it Christoph? Yeah. Christoph Watts. Really. Oh, my bad. Chris, Christopher Waltz or Christoph Waltz? Chris, I don't know. Maybe ooh, Christoph. It sounds more. Yeah, yeah. Christoph Waltz, Austrian um, German. Yeah. He's Christoph. He's not he Christopher. Won, uh, he won Best Performance by a Supporting Role Actor. It, it, and I don't really have any, like, uh, another fucking just feather in the cap mm-hmm. of this fucking movie is the performances are outstanding. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh my fucking god! Can he play that character a little too well? Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, and that's always uh, a well, thing know, that, like, that's kind of like in poor taste. Is like, man, like, oh, they, and are dude, they really the amount of the amount, or... <laughs> the amount of times the N word was used, and like, I oh, get it, like, because it was the time, it was the time, and that's how that's probably how they spoke in reference to black people, like. 
I have no doubts, but like, wow, they're like, Emily was like laying down next to me as I'm watching this movie last night and she looks up at me and she goes, oh my God, what are you watching? Yeah. No, that's the thing is that like, even if it's how they spoke back then, it's a movie that came out in 2012. it, It does not need to happen now. You know, like you don't need to fully recreate the past, you know, like, like um, and then that's the thing is that like we there's this there's this line here where it's like, oh, you want it. To, he wants to show the bare bones, disgusting nature of this era. So like it is all in graphic and horrifying and disgusting and vile like it's all in on that side of shit uh and then there's the other side of it where it's 2012 we don't really need that but is that is that us speaking from a place of wanting to be comfortable but that's just not what tarantino was going for he wants he he doesn't want you to be comfortable watching this movie i don't think it's definitely Mm -hmm. one that i don't think is exactly a comforting watch uh, yeah, you know, DiCaprio actually like cut his hand for real. Yeah, like, so like that was one of the only things I knew about this movie going into it. I was like, when does he cut his hand? Because yeah. I was like, I've heard that story. Yeah. Like, I, I well, don't know the scene. The part that I don't know if if the blood that he smeared on Broomhilda, if that was actually his real blood. Yeah. Like... So I was like. I was watching it like, holy shit, this is a really incredible performance. Uh, he's doing it like, because he slams his hand down right and he starts bleeding. And then he starts acting a lot more with that hand, I'm assuming, to kind of deal with the pain he might have been experiencing. Uh, like, it's it's a, it's a really staunch mm. difference. Before it happens, he's not really acting with his hand. The second he slams his hand down, he starts like moving his hand in really weird ways as he's talking. Because he, uh, like, legit needed stitches. I think he yeah. was just, like, kind of trying to hold his hand together, too. Yeah. Uh, because it was, like, it was gushing. Like, it was coming out. Yeah, you know, and, like, the, respect to everybody there who was just, like, oh, wow. Well, just like, keep it rolling. Keep yeah. it rolling. Don't I mean, Leonardo it. DiCaprio is a nut. Mm. The dude's fucking crazy. Uh, as most of the best actors are. Like, uh this and like it is just like to become someone else so effectively obviously will do do a thing to a human i'm assuming like uh mm. and not they're obviously they're extreme cases like leonardo dicaprio becoming the characters he becomes like i have no doubts he's one of those weird fucking method guys who like hardly leaves character have you seen that like behind the scenes video of him in the movie we'll be talking about next week wolf of wall street where he's just like he's standing there with his head down and he's like perfectly blank faced and he's just like he he, like looks horrifyingly plain and then like they go action and he like hey it's like and he like he like takes on jordan belfort and it's like oh my fucking god this guy's nuts uh but (laughs) so that part though I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then, like, when he does smear her face, I went, if this is real, that's problematic. Yeah. Like, that's kind of uh, fucked up. If like, that's, that, real. that's a, 
if that is if that is real, that's him being that psychopath in character. You know, uh, I was like, some of the actors like they had to have had a rough time on set, like Kerry Washington, uh, like. Okay, uh, okay, can confirm. Uh, it was fake blood that Good. he smeared on on her face. It was uh, so apparently he smashed his hand and uh, they just kept it rolling. He kept going for a while and they gave him a standing ovation after they cut after they hit like cut and then they bandaged it up and then put fake blood back. They on had to maintain him, like, the continuity yeah. of him having cut yeah. his hand. Okay, so, yeah. that makes sense. Uh, I'm glad that's the case. Uh, yeah, because, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, man, if that just happened, I'm going to have a vastly new view of uh, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Um, so I'm very glad to hear that because I was just like, oof, I hope that was fake. Like I was watching that like I hope that's not Leo just being so fucking in character that yeah. he he rolled with that. Wow. Uh, Even Leo couldn't handle the amount of slurs in a scene. He was having a difficult time just saying it, so he stopped. And Samuel L. Jackson took him to the side and said, Motherfucker, this is just another Tuesday for us, is what he said to get him back to, to like, back into the scene. Yeah, I'd have been like, fuck, man, that's the attitude you take? Like, that's what you're saying to me to get me going like that? Like, now I really don't want to say it. Wow. Uh, No, because he, he was throwing it around. And, like, the facial contortions he would do... And like the the way he like uh he like he like ra- raised his eyebrows and thinned his lips and like mm. had that weird little smile on his face and it was like oh you are disgusting in uh. this role. Uh, another another thing for me with this movie, I uh I think Jamie Fox is an extremely talented man, uh, in many regards. I've I've never been like uh floored by his acting ability. I think he's I think he's solid and he has put forth performances that are really, really good. And I'd say this is this is one that's on that side of of, Mm. of, it's definitely better than it isn't. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But like in a two hour and 45 minute movie where he's the main character, I don't feel like he has to do a ton. Mm. You know, he's playing he's playing a pretty stoic guy for the most part. Uh, and he plays it very effectively. I really, I really enjoy the character of Django. Uh, that must have been a pretty hard one to act too, though. Like at points throughout the middle of the movie, where mm. uh, he's 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 riding on the horse above all of the, all of the the slaves and like uh, talking to them, like he's better. And oh stuff. yeah. I know he's I know he's like in character, like he's in character for. Not just in character as in in character for the movie, but in character as Django is in character for the thing they're trying to pull off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, I know it's layered and he's not actually feeling that way. Django isn't, but, uh, you know, it was just. Still like, had to Ooh. say it. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's just something here that like, uh, it couldn't have been easy for anybody. Mm. And the thing that like makes me feel weird about it is there's only one person who I think it might have not been difficult for and it's quentin tarantino yeah uh, and that's that's what really makes me go eek in relevance to this movie is like for everyone it seems like it would be hard but there's one person on set who i'm like i don't know if it'd be all that hard for him and it's the director and writer 
Um, it's the dude that's right behind the camera, yeah. listening and and on screen there for word. a few minutes. He gets absolutely blown the fuck up. Yeah, boom. He wanted to go out in style in this one, um, which I mean, sure. I mean, damn. But yeah, that that end sequence though is is really really cool. Like I do like the end. If there I is do, I a, a like, it is a I don't know. Just a really fun sequence. Well, I mean, the action in this movie is extremely fun. Uh, there's very few scenes where Django's out shooting where it's not fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's uh, he is he is fucking it up out there. And there's like this. Uh, there's one specific shot that is hilarious to me. It's whenever he's in the house and uh, he tells Hilda to say goodbye to mm. to. I can't remember, but the the plantation owner's wife, uh, Lara Lee Candy. That's right. Yes, that's right. The sister, sister to uh, sister to Leonardo DiCaprio's character. But uh, whenever he says, "Tell her to tell her goodbye and go ahead and get on out of here," and then he shoots Laura. Dude, yeah, I was like, that was so funnily fake that that was outstanding. he shoots like, her at like such a distinct <laughs> angle that, and she shoots straight back. Yeah. It's the funniest shit. Mm. Uh, mm. Man, yeah, hit that that was great. And then Django's like uh, the lines he had. Like last time I I saw you, you were touching me in my bam. You know, shoots him right in the dick, yeah. uh, which was nice. And then like you know. Uh, usually cool guys don't look at explosions. You know, they just walk away and they explode in the background. Nah, he turned around, put the glasses on, reveled that in that shit. glory. He was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm watching it. Like, yeah, yeah no, he earned that. This like, is Candyland. Yeah, you can't destroy Candyland. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and Samuel L's character in this movie, man, what an, what a, what an interesting character there, huh? Uh, got the got the uncle ruckus of the group. If you've seen Boondocks, mm. uh, he uh, man, another one that must have been hard yeah. a little bit at least, you know. Uh, Ugh. and yeah, and funny. another character that all in all made me like sad when I first like when I first met him and like uh, like this is of that time, the version of institutionalization, you know, like he was just like, he succumbed to the system that enslaved him and started feeding it. It's feeding it himself. And it's like, uh, oof. Like, and it's interesting whenever like he gives orders because they know orders coming from him are coming from candy. Mm. Monsieur candy, you know, like, uh, like French, it'll embarrass him. (laughs) Don't speak French. It'll embarrass him. Uh, man, I, uh, you know, so like, I do love, I do love the, the last 45 minutes to an hour mm. of this movie, you know, uh, any awards you would give out? I already put it down for costume design, uh, Django yeah. picking out his first outfit, um, the blue, like, you know, he's like, you're going to let me pick out my own clothes. And he's like, oh, but of course. And then it just cuts to him on a horse. In the bright blue, you know, I was like, oh, I loved man. it. I love, and I loved like the awe of everyone whenever he rode into town on a horse. Like everyone came mm. out and stopped and stared, like, oh my god, what the fuck is going mm. on right now? And uh, 
The soundtrack was cool. Oh, uh, I love yeah. the soundtrack. Yeah, like little uh, rap here and there, which was awesome. Yeah, uh, but, and uh, then like the the super western as well. You know, yeah, there was um, this one. There was this one even, song towards uh, the end where I was like, "Oh my!" God. I think they were like going to Candyland. Like hmm. I think that's uh, I think that's about the time that it was uh, that it was playing, and there was some sort of song playing that I was just like, "Oh yeah." yeah this slaps like i almost certainly going to be an addition to the uh movie and tv soundtracks playlist but uh so yeah i'd, I'd give it a soundtrack nod as well i shit i might go a couple supporting actor nods uh for now you know uh mm. definitely a supporting actress nod for carrie washington she dug deep into the bag for this um uh, mm. like leo christoph waltz uh, so she would be Daniel a supporting L. actress, or is she? I guess she. Like my thing is that she's not in the movie, say for the last forty-five yeah, minutes, so. really. Okay. Uh, I mean, she pops up in the beginning and flashback sequences, I guess. So that's. Uh, I guess she is the lead actress of this movie. So, like, I'd be down to I'd be down to throw the lead actress nom as well, uh, like, off top, and then if if it comes to it eventually later on in the mm. decade and we have to we have to make something change who knows uh as room hilda room hilda on phone yeah put the full name room hilda von shaft um and django and you said uh christoph leo probably even Samuel L like all three of those performances like are so fucking good. And they're uh, all supporting. And... You think oh, like yeah. none of them. So are like, lead, I don't what, think. did you, uh, you nominate Jamie or no? Um, I think we, we should for now, but he is a, he is an easy, he, he'll probably eventually become one that's easy to knock out for me. Uh, I think he did awesome at, as Django. I just don't think Django had a lot to, uh, capture there's one really strong scene where he's uh he's begging uh the his previous owner to uh, whip him and not her and like he got he got to dig really deep into the bag for that and i thought that was solid but uh other than that he was very stoic and he was very just uh, mm. uh he was one way he didn't have to provide a lot of range uh at, at a lot of points i don't think uh, and you know I'm not a, not a member of the academy, so if someone else feels any differently about the performance and is like, "Oh, you're missing all the subtle nuances," like then, yeah, I probably am. Uh, but uh, that's that's just where I sit. I think Jamie Fox was solid, uh, so I think he's deserving of the nod for now. But one that is probably subject to change. Mm. I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh... He's joining Leonardo DiCaprio as Cobb and Andy Serkis as Caesar. So we got we got our some cool main characters um, up in here. But yeah. uh, as Django and Django, um, let's see. Yeah, I, set design. I don't. I mean, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. I think. Uh, I think the design of the the plantation house was pretty interesting. I thought that was a, uh, and then like there's like Western cities they pull up to. I felt like I was, uh, mm. I was in Sweetwater and Westworld mm -hmm. uh, at, at multiple points. Uh, 
so that that shit was pretty cool um but there's a lot of a lot of traversing so yeah, it's just like a landscape of, yeah yeah it's a lot of landscape so like it's hard to say set design for that you know uh any writing or directing I guess maybe directing, directing for sure. Yeah. Directing, yeah. I'd say like stylistically, I have no beef with the way this was shot. Uh they're like those shots where they are riding on the horses and they're looking up at Jamie, at Jamie Foxx, and like the sun is gl- like glittering through the trees. Like it's like it looks like the exposure's mm. turned up and there's like mm. a glow coming off the sky uh surrounding Jamie Foxx, and it's like, okay, yeah, that's really, really cool. Uh a lot of shots like that. Big. Uh Writing, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I think Quentin Tarantino is a better director than he is a writer. Like, I, I, I stand by that. I, I would love yeah. Quentin Tarantino directed movies if he did not write them, but he's, you know, he's one of the dudes who mm. he does it all. You know, that's his, mm-hmm. that's, that's his bag. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah, that's, I mean, Leonardo Samuel and Christoph Waltz. All getting this, you know, supporting actor. And what's crazy is like, there's other people are gonna have to fucking bring it to un to dethrone all of them yeah. because those three performances are so fucking strong. It's it's kind of nutty. Uh, like maybe mm. Jonah Hill next week with uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> pretty strong. That's a pretty strong performance. But like, uh, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of performances I can see overtaking it as far as uh, supporting actors. Like. Uh, kind of crazy but uh yeah wow it's gonna be it'll be interesting yeah this this decade awards will be very interesting because it's it's all people that we we know very well now Mm. um it's like actors that we've seen in movies like even still now like that we still see um so i know it's be interesting though but i think i think that's all the decade there are the awards that they deserve i think I think so too. I think so too. For those who don't know or might be joining us for the first time, we do an end of decade award show where every time we wrap up, we've done the seventies, eighties, nineties, and aughts now. At the end of it, we do an award show where we, uh, pick from the movies we covered. Uh, and we have an, a little award show. It's a lot of fun. So we do that at the end of every episode these days where we try to throw out some noms, uh, so it's uh I think Django Unchained is definitely deserving of plenty of critical acclaim. You mm. know, uh, it's it's very very well done, but it's not one that I I to be frank, I don't know that I'll ever watch it again. Mm. Uh I think uh you know, I might I, I I might at some point. But it's just a long trek for a short drink of water. Uh, as far as like a the good yeah. The, the stuff I, I feel good about while I'm mm. watching. Uh, but yeah, man, I don't have I don't have a lot else to say about Django Unchained. I thought it was really uh, it, it was wildly entertaining. You know, like mm. I I didn't look away a lot. Uh, it felt it, it it felt like I should be watching. It just uh, I don't know. I don't know. So enjoyment wise, I'd say uh, I yes, enjoy, you gotta, yeah. We got to get to the five star rating. Mm-hmm. Oh uh, yeah, for those for those who are uh, joining us for the first time, we get we do the Penny Bloom rating scale uh, on a scale of five stars, and we have three categories: enjoyment score, just how much the movie connected with us and uh, uh, was was an enjoyable experience overall as far as watching it; uh, the genre score, how much it fulfills its genre; 
uh, how well it does that out of five stars. And then critically, as just as a film, filmmaking wise, uh, acting, writing, directing, soundtrack, all of that gets lumped in for that critical score. We take the mean of that and therein comes the Penny Bloom rating. So we start with enjoyment. How you feeling? Well, you know, we gave Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 a 485, and I'm that, that's the absolute ceiling, and I don't think it's really close to that. Um, but I'd, I'd say I did enjoy it more than Pulp Fiction, which was a 375. So I guess we have the the ceiling and the floor. So it's in, it's in here somewhere. Um, and I'm looking at the movies, you know, that, that I thinking it belongs with. Um, and no, I'm, I'm around that 3.85 alongside the departed. Uh, Mm. I think it was solid. I think it was like another, another example of a movie that was really well made. That was just not super fun to watch, uh, for my money, uh, I thought it was uh, really wildly entertaining. Uh, a lot of a lot of great performances that kept me in it. Mm. But like I said, it's hard to watch at points, man, and that's uh, it can be painful. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. This is uh, I don't know, I think this three eight five is fair. Um, because then, you know, our our last movie, Inception. I think I enjoyed watching Inception uh, a oh, little bit. Yeah, a little, a little bit more. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess we like this a little more than Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which I'd say is fair. I, I think I did. Yeah, I think I did. I liked Rise of the Planet of the Apes plenty. I thought it was solid, but uh, like uh, just just not as. Uh... I think I would revisit Django. Before I'd revisit Planet of the Apes, actually. I think I would, too. Yeah, I think um, I would, too. Just barely. Um, well, I don't know. Cause I, I, I don't <laughs> yeah, know. so yeah. That, that might not be the best, because I think I would. I think I would revisit Planet of the Apes before I revisited Django Unchained, just because, like... There's other stuff there beyond just mm. story that I that I really like. I enjoy watching. It's just like the it's another liberatory mm. story mm-hmm. about free, freeing yourself and liberating yourself from the shackles of uh, humanity. Uh, mm. And uh, you know, I thought Rise of the Planet of the Apes. It has the animals. Mm-hmm. I like animals, so True. it's like you know, does have the animals. Does have the animals. But hmm, I think I think uh, three eight five is fair though. All right, cool. I'm glad we're on, I'm glad we can agree there. Glad we can agree. Genre wise, as it fulfills its genre. So what we got like a, a action western. Yeah, it says drama western on IMDb. All right, um, all right. So, I can get behind that. Um, it's as it's a, strong. Hmm. Like I think this is going to be it's going to be a strong rating for it. I think it uh it does very effectively in capturing a wet, an old western style. Mm. As far as those like sudden camera turns and zoom ins on the faces and stuff like that uh mm. that's some that's some old western ass shit. And Tarantino uh, likes his blood too. Oh, uh, loves his seen. blood. Yeah, he loves I mean, I, I don't know if that's how it really is, but, like, 
Yeah, I I couldn't tell you. I've never seen a man uh, shot in front of me, but uh. But man, he uh, makes it known that these people are bleeding. Yeah, um, it's uh, some some high caliber weaponry and, that, that they're getting slapped with. I mean, I'd say, yeah, as a Western, it did it. The drama was compelling. Like the like I said, the story itself was. The tension they created at points, mm-hmm. like it's 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 solid. Like it's it's a really it's a really well done movie. I just I just I have I have a tough time connecting with it. Mm-hmm. I'd say it probably falls in that in that four seven four six four seven range. You know, like mm-hmm. it's uh it's strong, but uh, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't say it was a perfect western. I like four six. Puts it right below the Kill Bills. Uh, but above Pulp Fiction, um, there you go. Which is just which which is just nice. Some things just work out well here. Sometimes, um, every now and then. And now, as a film here, I have just, a feeling this will be its strongest. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think this is. Uh, you know, it, it's certainly comparable with. Uh, Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill as far as how well it's done you know mm. I think uh, I think we probably are hovering more around that 475 range uh, I think that's uh feel a little more comfortable with that maybe even 47 mm. uh, like it was uh, it was really strong I I think uh, it was it was more well written narratively than Pulp Fiction was, but I still don't think I enjoyed the, or that the narrative was as good as the one they spawned for us over the course of Kill Bill and Kill mm. Bill Volume Two. You know, um, stylistically, it had all those elements. You know, uh, soundtrack was scr- strong. Performances were nuts. Uh, so yeah, I think I think I hover around that four seven. I think I like that too. <clears throat> wow. I think I like that too. Is what I was trying to say there. Yeah, it got kind of sexy um, on me there. Yeah, I don't know what sorry, that was. Yeah, sorry about that. Little, <clears throat> little cloggage in the good old throat there. Yeah, I think I like uh, that. Too. <laughs> going full, going full cap at the end yeah, of Endgame on me. Wow. Um, no, I don't think I will. <laughs> but uh, no, nah. this four seven makes sense, and it will round the overall score out to a. A four three eight, which okay. puts it four three eight tied exactly with American Graffiti. Um, I'm with it above with Pulp it. Fiction. Um, below a Clockwork Orange. Yeah, be- well below Kill Bill. Kill Bill is four eight and four seven. Just five. had that enjoyability on it. Like the enjoyable, mm-hmm. the enjoyability score really hurt Django Unchained here. Like that was yeah. uh, definitely. Yeah, definitely something that hurt it, but uh, nevertheless, I would say it was a more positive experience than it wasn't, as mm. far as critically viewing a film. I think mm. I, uh, you know, like four three eight. If you're putting that on a scale of ten, that's basically an eight point eight. Mm. It's kind of nuts. That's a really good oh, movie, dude. Uh, no, this soundtrack actually goes. I've been listening to it this whole time, and like. The main theme, like or Django's theme, just came on. It's like Django, you know, like oh, uh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. This soundtrack and like Rick Ross, like yeah, Rick Black Ross. Coffins, um, 
which is sick. Jamie Foxx is even on here. Um, Yo, Jamie Foxx is Christoph so Waltz is on talented. here. Um, Jamie Foxx is fucking nuts. Christoph Waltz and Jamie Foxx have a song together called In the Case, Django, After You. Oh, never oh. mind. This is just a line from the movie. Oh, okay. Um, it's not even. Cool. It's not a song. Wow, that's a little that's disappointing. Cool. That'd have been sick if they sung together. But uh, uh, Tupac. Oh yeah, Tupac definitely had a song on here. I uh, I, I was I was watching the movie and I was like, oh, they figured out they 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 bought the rights to a Tupac song. Mm. Uh, they 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 got that because I heard it and I was immediately like, oh fuck yes. Uh, Unchained, the payback, untouchable is what mm. the song is called on Spotify. 45 million uh, streams, the most on the album. Rightfully so, rightfully so. Mm. R.I.P. to Tupac Shakur. But uh, I really, really enjoyed this movie. Ja- uh, mm. Jamie Foxx is mad talented. Uh, one of my favorite favorite bits of his of all time. He's also like stand-up comedian, music artist, actor, uh, dancer, you, you name it, whatever the fuck. He's a renaissance man in the modern day. He's, he's mad talented, dude. Yeah, but he uh he has this stand up bit where he was he's talking about like relationships and uh him and his girl like uh being like oh I I love you but I hate you so much you know I come home and it's just like she's like fuck you whoa, whoa and he starts singing into the mic fuck you fuck you fuck. You. He like hits this crazy note, and it's like, <laughs> oh my god, this man's so talented. It's just not fair. Uh, yeah, I mean that he he can, he's just a jack of all trades. Dude, dude can do anything he wants, and he's like, um, like just he finds himself in the most insane situations, like ha- throwing a house party and then making a song with Kanye the next like day or like literally the same day. Like, that that fucking uh, Trump fanatic mm. that rushed Dave Chappelle on stage and was like uh, wearing a Make America Great Again hat and everything. Uh, Dave Chappelle, Buster Rhymes, and Jamie Foxx beat his ass. Yeah, they beat the fuck out of that dude. Jamie Foxx, Buster Rhymes, and Dave Chappelle just jumped a fucking guy. This year, in the year of our Lord, 2022. Jamie Foxx beat the shit out of a Trump supporter. And I love that, you know, like that's just like, it doesn't get much better than that. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of fuck Dave Chappelle these days. I'm not really, I'm not really with it, but I fuck with Jamie Foxx and I will till I die. Yeah. Yeah. A man is, he's a talented man and what a world we live in. Uh, We really like if aliens are watching, you know, the earth reality show, like, damn, we're really give like, each season just keeps getting crazier. It gets and crazier. nuttier. It just gets yeah. fucking wild. Um, <laughs> God but, damn. But yeah, not this is uh, this is about where I feel with Django. Just not quite Kill Bill, but above Pulp Fiction, and that's where Good. it ended up going. God. Um. Yeah. Yeah, all right. So Django Unchained on the old Penny Bloom film scale winds up at a four point three eight out of five stars. Uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty strong outing. It's a pretty strong outing. It's looking like it's the, uh, the, the month, month of October. So it's looking like the month of October is going to be 
on the weaker side mm. as compared to a lot of uh, a lot of other months. Uh, if I had to, if I had to guess so myself, uh, still above a four out of five. But you know, mm-hmm. I guess we've had I guess we've had further dips. We've had those we've had those three points, three point somethings with like training day and uh, a few others. The you know, mask. <laughs> Spaceballs, always, always a classic to come back to Spaceballs. Uh, the, just, it's at, it's permanently at the bottom. Bottom on every tier. Enjoyment. Oh, not genre. MASH is point one below, um, Spaceballs on the genre. So it does win in something. But, uh, but yeah, also Scarface, uh, dips below Blade Runner. Um, Taxi Driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and good old MASH there at the tippy top. Um, yeah, I definitely said Django and Chains better than all those. So, uh, with that, we conclude this episode of the Penny Bloom podcast. Uh, we, we have continued the 52 year journey through film today and we will continue again next week. Uh, this week was 2012, which means next week is 2013 in which we will be covering the Wolf of Wall Street to wrap up October. Uh, cannot wait for that i hope you come back and join us uh if you would head to patreon.com slash bloom where you'll find probably over 30 hours of exclusive content at this point and uh yeah all that money goes back into making sure i can put this podcast on that's very very helpful uh, head to twitter follow at penny bloom pod follow on instagram at penny bloom podcast please for the love of god leave a rate and review uh Five stars, if you will. I'd prefer not to have a negative review. It's uh, it's kind of hurts my feelings and kind of hurts our chances of growing. But uh, you know, if you leave if you leave those five star rating reviews, you know, maybe we get the chance to fl- fly up some charts. Maybe we get a chance to uh, you know, uh, actually make money for the podcast. That'd be dope. That'd be cool. I mean, I do this for the fun of it. But if I could get some, you know, scroll off of it, I'd be down for that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 I see. Uh, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. Remember, peace, love, and bloom. Auf Wiedersehen.